0: Just drove seventeen hours because the holidays are here, which also means it's time for verbal tap, our very very special Christmas edition. Raf is gonna do a full musical concert
1: for us with his but not before Kevin does a song and dance of the twelve days of Christmas. But before all of that, it sounds like we've got a podcast to get to, right, Kevin? Oh,
0: yes, fine. You're such a buzzkill. I was going to have you half into a Mary Poppins position before things were going to get. Not the point. What are you doing for Christmas this year? I don't know this. Drinking.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know if I'm drinking right now. For that's another while. t-shirt actually... that would be phenomenal.
0: What are you doing for Christmas? It just says drinking at the bottom.
1: <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of funny that like I've been, uh, so I went to Vegas last week and I wanted to wear a t-shirt the entire time that says I'd rather be grappling or I'd rather be training because I felt like that was where my brain was but fortunately I got to train a little bit while I was out there.
0: Yeah, what else what did you so you are tell me the stories man come on I'm Jones in for a Vegas visit
1: you were there. <laughs> Kevin and I really haven't had the chance to debrief, so some of these stories may be new to him, some I've been not. in the car
0: for yeah. 19 hours. We haven't had the chance to talk. I was traveling last week. You were very busy. What happened in Vegas?
1: Let me tell you one story. I think it's indicative of everything. Uh, Kev- Kevin and I have a good friend uh, by the name of AJ Moorhead. Kevin, you're familiar, yeah? <laughs>
0: yes how would you well, describe okay, a.j. morehead i love that this story starts with <laughs> we have a friend we do a.j. morehead that is i asked you how vegas was mm-hmm. and you respond we have a friend i'm intrigued it's He's part of the
1: background a, of the story but go ahead
0: very intense introspective smart talented guy dude.
1: Yeah. yeah so a.j. never likes to do anything normal or boring so we had concocted it where I was like, hey, AJ, if you come to my hotel, we'll grab a drink together real quick, and then I'm tired. We should probably call it a night. AJ, he definitely shows up, and he goes, "Raf, here's the thing. We don't, <laughs> we don't drink together. We both live in LA. I didn't come out here for just a drink. If, if we're going to do this, let's do this. I know. No a great way. Tiki He's bar. like an intense convo. Yeah. Oh, this is the only way he speaks. Rap. <laughs> here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to a tiki bar. Okay. I'm really in tiki bars right now. Yeah. And we're gonna drink. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do it. And so we go, and I'm having a great time shooting the shit. And honestly, I never see him out in L.A. And we close the place down. So I'm getting back to my my You're hotel. You're
0: drinking. this so you're doing the drinkies? I Look mean, I, at I drink well,
1: and I I drink probably just as well, if not better, than Kevin when I really apply myself. So yeah, I just, well. just do it much more frequently. Yeah, he just—I mean, Kevin does it. You know, hey, what's the holiday? What? It's a day. He would drink, go. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, let's let's uh, get back to my room. I fall asleep. The sun's out, and I'm going out, and. <sighs> I awake to a phone call and this phone call is from the hotel and it says, Uh, Mr. Sparza and I'm like, Yeah? Uh Mr. Sparza, we tried to do room service, but you were still in the room. <laughs> We'd just like to know what time you'd like us to come back. And I was like, uh, oh, I don't you know, um <clears throat> can you come back at like um <laughs> at twelve? Is that, that
0: means they walked in the room by the way absolutely <laughs> they like
1: you know Housekeeping, oh, no! oh, as as, oh, no!
0: decided yeah. the coast was clear mm-hmm. found out it wasn't and were so disturbed
1: oh, no. that they told the guy to call me that's what happened as, like, is no bueno. <laughs> so anyway that happened and uh, so, so the- at one point, do
0: you think downstairs they were like, is he dead? No, but that's the <laughs> thing, Kevin. Did-
1: that means that whoever the cleaning lady was had to relay a call that said, we've got a code 49. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> we've got to stay down. You've got to fucking call him because he won't know. Like, it means they might have shook me. It means they might have tried to slap me <laughs> back away, And I said, no. <laughs> and the worst part of this whole thing is I, I was like, yeah, just, you know, um, what time? <clears throat> just, no, just send him back at a 12. Okay.
0: Oh, you said, what time do you think, like, yeah, okay. I tell them that, what time and you, their
1: response was, is? Mr. Sparza it's 2 p.m.
2: <laughs> what?
1: Oh, well, then three, just send her a three, that's fine, I'll be, <laughs> okay. um, you were, so I was up again. I, I like look. You around. were a Vegas stereotype. Absolutely. You were and this. And I is do that thing perfect. where I have to open the curtains because I have to like prove it to myself. <laughs> I don't just take the, the their word. All I know is they came in the room and they could have messed with the clocks. They could have. Can we
0: rehash that detail real quick? You said come back at noon, and yeah. he said it's two thirty.
1: Well, they that wasn't he. It was a little... Oh, my God. So, uh, after That's all of that happens, it was it was magical. And, uh, yeah, I definitely... I looked out, and there was the sun. So, that was the, the fun part of that.
0: Oh, but, yeah, uh, your verification meter went off. Like, what is it so funny?
1: I think I just wanted proof, Kevin. <laughs> did you have... Were you late for anything? No. <laughs> but it turns out you slept till 2 Well, you know, the only thing I did miss...
0: Going to training. This AJ nothing. killed that person? Oh, Absolutely. okay.
1: You know there's nothing I hate more <laughs> than missing training.
0: You guys dropped somebody's body off. And I'm not saying they didn't have it coming, but... No. Yeah, well, of course, you missed training. Is that what you were... Is that what you were like, oh, I'll be gone by noon? Mm-hmm. That was two and a half hours ago,
3: sir.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a, a substantial amount of time has passed for when you
1: think it, it is. I guess I wouldn't have felt as bad if they didn't try to make me feel as bad that I didn't know what time it was. Like, they were really guilting yeah. me with the tone they were using. <laughs> and it's when like, Red's, They were like, we should probably
0: be delicate because this person thinks it's five hours ago. And that, that's like also...
1: A break in seconds. I just felt like someone who's come out of a coma and was told, I'm sorry, the year is 2014. What? I thought it was still the 90s. Man. <laughs> your wife
0: remarried. <laughs> things so, are not going great for you. It's a little
1: jarring. I-, I had to take some time to get used to things. Oh,
0: that's fantastic. But, uh, yeah. Okay, so, did, you, yeah. did you train while you were there, though? Well, not Other that day. Let's, let's That day was out. You Sinner.
1: Oh, shut up. You know, the worst part is, when you drink that much, nothing tastes delicious. And all we were doing was going to delicious-tasting places. Yeah. So we went to, like, a really cool Thai restaurant, and, like, I ate this chicken, and it was the most deliciously-tasted chicken you've ever had at the win of all places. And I have two bites of it, and I was like, I need to rest. That was too much food. <laughs> and I'm too drunk to continue yeah, living. Yeah, I can't am too drunk so anyway uh yeah so no i went to go train the next day i took a day off and i uh, went over to our good friends uh sergio penas and ooh, uh ooh. it was so so great uh kev i could not have messed up training more at sergio penas though i wasn't still hungover. <laughs> over i had gotten over it but i just like everything sergio was telling me to do it's like my brain did the opposite so that was fantastic been there yeah yeah but that. uh great training so, they were amazing
0: spoiler alert we also have mark dickman on the podcast today oh, well, that got you to got to train it. with at this did. Sergio Pena visit. yeah i tie yeah, it all together because yeah, it's an great. it's almost a new year and i want to get better at journalism what time is it right now yeah rap by the way <laughs> let's next? just quick time check it it's 1:01 a.m. in the Midwest. That's Central Time. Is it still so 2014? For you, yeah, no, it is. We're for sure oh, still 2014. <laughs> I I 2014. <laughs> sir. It's 2:30. So I'm gonna need you. Save to your tone. focus. I
1: paid the resort fee. I didn't need that. I right just now.
0: love that they called you. They were like, yeah, "You better call." I'm worried. <laughs> <You> I've <laughs> been in there six times, and he has not woken up.
1: Um, uh, but I also got to train somewhere else, Kevin.
0: Where Aaron, did you get to train?
1: I got to train over <laughs> at Kobra Kai Jiu-Jitsu, another one of our great friends. Uh, so you may have seen the photo of this, and I'll put it on uh, the website. But I was so stoked I was going to get to train with uh, my good friend Jerry Shapiro over there. Jerry is a black belt. He's amazing. Uh, really nice guy. And uh, yeah, you know, I got a photo with him, Kev. Did you see the photo?
0: I did see the photo.
1: Yeah, what'd you think of it?
0: I thought it was a l I I thought for a two-person photo it lacks some main ingredients. Like what? Like uh Jerry Shapiro.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, it you, lacked... you did notice that correctly because Jerry did. did not show up. Uh um, I looked twice. I did too, believe you me. Uh no, so right as I'm I'm going to uh, Cobra Kai, I get a text from him that says like, hey man, I got too sick. Um, but hey, they know you're coming, so have a great time. And I don't know if you know this, Kev, but uh, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he was just too afraid to roll with me? Was that what it was?
0: I can smell the fear from Kansas, Raph. I mean, that's obviously what's written on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's obviously what's written on the
1: wall. I think I may have started a trend that I really want to start doing, that if somebody ducks out of training with you for any reason fear or you know actually getting sick whatever you believe i think you take a photo of the missing party as if they were still there and i want to see people yeah. continue this trend i i think it's the dumbest smartest idea i've ever stumbled across so i uh, you know verbal tap listeners i encourage you to do the same and if you do tag us in the photos because we will instantly like it
0: we're all about that public shaming is by and large kind of like a hidden motif that you and I both strongly adhere to
1: well you know the dumb part of that whole scenario though what our good friends at vhts very hard to submit they see me in this photo right and it has a little description of hey guys my friend jerry shapiro not picture jerry shapiro uh except they repost that photo but they don't put what's in about. So it's just me <laughs> looking like a crazy human being <laughs> just hugging in the air. And the one okay. thing I told everybody is I said, you know, the thing is you could put the description or at the very least put the description I think is best, which is hashtag invisible jujitsu. That's all I'm saying.
0: No, I'm completely – on. Un- I thought they did the right thing. That's <laughs> exactly, exactly what people should do. Just repost about it me, not give it any context.
1: Kevin, how was your trip to uh, Kansas?
0: It was not – it was monsooning through the entire Midwest the second half of the day. It was me between a trucker and a monsoon. But luckily, fog was the missing ingredient that Missouri added over my life. Yay. Have we explored the fact that maybe it's just like always gray in Ohio and Missouri? Has someone that's got a science background looked at that?
1: Um, you know, can I – without disrupting any of our friends or friends who might be from Ohio, can we just say Ohio shit show? Oh,
0: shit, shit, no. Oh, and I didn't know we had friends from Ohio. <laughs> I, you know,
1: I don't think we do, and if we did, we're – I think we're on the that last will... train to know. Uh, and
0: for area, the Ohio listeners, Ohio. at Phillips Kevin1 and at Legal Latino on – you know, just <laughs> send it to at VerbalTypeCast on never. Twitter. We'll get it feedback. either way. It'll, <laughs> it'll arrive. We'll expect it. Uh, I'm in Kansas, though, now, and my parents were being very funny before the Can podcast Can I be very started. clear?
1: I want both of your parents to be on this show. Uh, I may make it a requirement the next time you visit back yeah. home that they become an active part of this podcast. It
0: would be a fun—I just wanted to be able to like,
1: Mom, I'm trying to
0: record my podcast. Damn it. Keep it—no, I don't want
1: pancakes. It's two in the morning. <laughs> Mom <laughs> The mom that you were describing was one that was slapping you for Oh yeah, being she's stupid me away by for being a little snippy. And you know what? She was right to do so. And I applaud her efforts. Thank she's you, a Mrs. She's a hitter. She's always been.
0: So you and I have two fun interviews we're about well, to on.
1: We, we've got more on. than that. And we've got okay, so let's talk about who's on the show today. We've got uh, Mark Dickman. Who is fighting for RFA? We're stoked to RFA. talk with him. Yeah, and uh, he's a guy I trained with over at Sergio Pena's. Uh, we've also got another person that we've trained with. Uh, we've got who, Kev? We have Albert the Warrior Morales. Who, I was
0: trying to do like the fighting voice. Yeah, I haven't found mine. It wasn't working. Um,
1: yeah, eh, you know, probably not. That's much gives, as it take, you think? 18, 18 hours more. in a car. I'm just That's gonna. true. That is true. I'll give you that. That's like a mulligan for you. And, guys, we've also got uh, – I'm excited for this. Uh, Kevin is not going to be around for this one, unfortunately. Uh, but <laughs> decided that since there is such – is it anger or confusion, Kevin? What do you think it is with uh, CM Punk signing? I think it's anticipation. And okay. people are manifesting differently. Sure. So we, we hear you, audiences. We hear what you're saying about the CM Punk joining the UFC. And since we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about it, we decided that since there's so many polarizing opinions, we're going to hold the very first Verbal Tap debate. Uh, I'm excited. And, uh, about I'm set. stoked about that. Well, so that, that'll that st- be a st- lot st- of fun. And uh, stick around. Let's, let's see who's coming in on the very first Verbal Tap debate, moderated by yours truly. But before we do all that, Kev... There were some fights that happened this weekend, and I'm really interested to see your reaction. You didn't get to see them all. You were traveling. Correct. Okay. So, what do you have have queued up? You have queued up. What do you have in front of you?
0: A rather heavy looking CB Dalloway staring into Loyota Machida's eyes.
1: All right. Do me a favor. Go ahead and press play on that highlight package. Um, (laughs) And as you do, tell me what you were thinking when you heard these two were fighting each other. I was
0: thinking, oh, I don't give a shit, but I I was, oh my god. (laughs) I was genuinely surprised. I didn't know that they were in the same weight class, but that was a holy fucking beating of C.B. Dalloway.
1: Okay, Kevin, describe what you just saw.
0: He breaks his hip and then he punches him to the ground.
1: So C.B. Dalloway, later after this fight, says that once he took a kick to the midsection, which I like to refer to as the... It's the big one. Elizabeth, <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> little Red Fox humor there. Uh, after he got hit with that kick. It's that kick stomach, that reminds you of kick. that
0: moment in Titanic when she lets go of Jack.
1: Yes. And <laughs> it's in that moment that you see CB not just hurt, but like seizure fall. And yeah. uh, Lyoto Machito very nicely put him out of his misery very quickly. Um, Kevin, your reactions? That was the entire fight, by the way.
0: Yeah, like I was. I assumed based off of, like, you can see the time signature. They didn't highlight click to them fighting. It was like one, two, three, <laughs> uh, which is usually a discerning point. You know, that's exactly what I thought would happen. I don't remember the last time I saw CB Dalloway have a meaningful fight, and I'm impressed that Loyola Machida is 36 and still rocking his way through. He's 14 and five now.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I just like, that's impressive.
1: I just thought when I saw this fight matchup, I said, I don't care. And this was just yeah. a confirmation of, eh, we I still, let's see love this. A of
0: fight though. Machida still like, like the exciting enough that he will knock people like CB Dolloway way out.
1: Sure. I'm just, you know, did we have to do it? I guess was no. the answer. No, no. They,
0: they wanted to get a Loyola fight in. You know, and they're CB, lobbing grenades at the end of shitty year for the UFC.
1: CB saying he felt paralyzed after getting that kick, I think, is not only a true statement, but I felt paralyzed watching it. I didn't need it, to see that. It looked it so hurtful.
0: My tingles all
1: the way in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Like I
0: felt, yes, I felt my jingle bells rocking.
1: <laughs> and with that, we're done with the segment, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: Uh, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) You should be sorry. That was a terrible throw.
0: Verbal Tap fans, we have, and we were just talking about how cool an organization RFA is, just the fighters and the young fighters that are coming out. We have one of their 145-pound title contenders, Mark Dickman, on the line. Mark, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing just fine.
4: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: It's the holidays, and you are training for a fight in, what's the date in January?
4: January 9th is the
0: day. January 9th, so you are deep into, I can't necessarily indulge in holiday fun, um, like alcohol and excessive amounts of turkey. How are you maintaining? You
4: know, it's it's really hard, but uh, it's just something I'm used to because of wrestling. Uh, the rest of the next season is just, it runs through Thanksgiving and Christmas and, in the holidays. So, and I'm, you've been uh,
0: wrestling, you said since middle school.
4: Yeah. Since seventh grade.
0: So you were 11 or 12 when you like, first started. And so you're just used to
1: this. At you this were point. about, you know, 12 when you lost Christmas is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> <When>
1: Christmas <laughs> is no longer <laughs> fun.
4: Yeah, That's true. That's true. That's true. So, Christmas was never, I always just had kind of downplayed it, like, I'm not going to, you know, enjoy it anyway, so. <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoy winning more than I enjoy Christmas,
1: so. Oh my god, I think I, I, just, a- uh, I just heard
0: a t-shirt being made right now. I enjoy winning more than I enjoy Christmas. Yeah, yeah it's not going to make yeah. it on the Hallmark line, but not I think fighters would dig that. <laughs> yeah. And tell us a little bit about the fight coming up. It's for the 145 pound title.
4: No, it's it's kind of like a uh, almost, I would say, a contender. Well, yeah, I'm contender.
0: sorry. They're billing it as like this person gets to fight. So if you win it, you're headed to the title, at least from what we're seeing.
4: This this is what this is kind of what it looks like. If I impress and I smash, uh, I could get an immediate title shot. Now, if Lawrence gets picked up, I'm not going to go against him, and I'll get the winner of the uh what was it the what's not the what's before the co it's the uh featured bout which is alvarez or alvin robinson and somebody else
5: yes
4: so uh i believe that's what's going to happen that's kind of what i was told so you know nothing set in stone but uh you know that's kind of like the pecking order of, of what could happen so you know it's it's in my best interest to uh, impress and, and have a good showing, you know, and get a finish.
1: So, with this weird interconnected sort of deal, how closely are you watching these other fights? And I, I mean, I know that other fighters sometimes don't even get to watch fights because they're so in their mode. But th- how does that even work for you? Do you even watch them at all?
4: You know, I'm that's the kind of person I am. I like to I like to see matchups. And when I was a wrestler, I I, I did the wrestling like math. I was like. Well, I beat this kid by fifteen and this other kid only beat him by eight. So, you know that's that's the kinda of, you know, and styles make matchups, so that's just doing M M A math and wrestling math doesn't always work, so uh but it it can give you a good grasp on, on some fighters. So I like to keep a close eye on on everybody
0: that's in my weight class and stylistically what type of fighter are you and you'll have to forgive my ignorance i don't i haven't gotten the chance to to get you know, to see you fight I, whenever someone says they've been wrestling since middle school i automatically cringe because i'm a jiu guy so i was like oh great they're gonna have that top game and pressure but is that sort of how your mma style goes yeah
4: i'm a i'm a wrestler you know so that's my strengths and I have a little bit of karate background, so I have some some weird kicks, some straight kicks and kicks going from different angles and and then, you know, I have a little bit of boxing. So I'm like a boxing wrestler with some Taekwondo.
1: Sounds terrifying. Tell us a little bit about this. You when you're making the transition from wrestling into going into MMA you know, how did that process work for you? Like, how did you know you wanted to to make the jump, uh, from going, uh, wrestling into something even crazier?
4: You know, I was actually doing my student teaching and I was, you know, getting ready to get fit into a school system and, you know, wait for a coaching position to open. And I did my first six months and I hated it. And, uh, I was just like, I got to get out of here. I can't be stuck doing this. And, you know, I had a, I had a friend that was, uh, you know, needed a roommate, and and I was just like, man, I want to start fighting, and I'm going to give this a shot. So I just started my amateur career, and within a year and a half, I was pro, and, you know, I was off and running. So yeah.
0: you were about to be a teacher? What were you teaching, just out of curiosity, subject matter? Uh,
4: well, I was... I was stuck in a, like, like, a detention room, you know, babysitting off a bad kid, so maybe that was one of the reasons why I just got stuck with all the buckets that were just, you know, and I, you know, they, they knew that I was, I did kind of do a little and I, you know, did stuff like that, so, and my last name is Dickman, so it was just, it was just like an easy target, because I... You know, like they just—they wanted to try to fight me and challenge me, so I was always running into problems with kids.
1: wait, hold on. Can I clarify? Were you at a school, or were you at like dangerous minds? No, not even that, Kevin. I'm talking like were fight organizers, the principals at your school, because it sounds more like let's see if these kids take them on and try and sell some tickets. Education isn't working. It's should. not profitable. Let's just see what happens. I
4: should have. I don't know if the faculty or their principal would
0: have agreed with that. I was going to go the opposite way and say if they ever make a lifetime movie about you, Mark, this will be that cool moment when the principal's like, I saw something in him. So I sent him down to detention <laughs> hall where people <laughs> skip fights. I don't know why he has a Bostonish accent, but that'll be a really
4: cool. You never know. You never know. I've always wanted to be in a movie and act. Maybe, maybe somebody will do that someday.
1: <laughs> one day. One day if you're lucky. Uh, you brought up an interesting point, which is your name. And I can only imagine. I mean, if you have a name like Dickman, you've got to be. you got to be able to back that up. But we notice you double down on the nickname. What is your nickname again, real quick?
4: It's uh, Tricky Mob Dickman.
1: Tricky Dicky. Tricky Dicky. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. How did that come to be?
4: When I was out in L.A., I, I tried to give myself my own name, and it was it was the Freak. It was the Freak originally. And there's really nothing that freaky about me, except I have a freakishly long arms. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, I'm not like a Javon Chris or something that's some freaking nature athlete. So, you know, just Freak didn't really – Match and uh, when I was out in L.A. and with uh, Rico Ciparelli in R-One, he, he he started calling me Tricky Dick, so that's kind of how it came came about.
6: Because <laughs> you
1: don't strike me as Nixonian, if you would, um, but when I'm looking at you and I'm wondering, like, how do you get that nickname? And I'm thinking about it, like, why did they call you that? Was there any specific reason why they were referring to you as Tricky, or was it just because it rhymed? Because sometimes that is how nicknames happen.
4: You know, honestly, I think minor wrestling is pretty tricky. Like, a lot of people would say that you know, I was a low-level ankle-pick uh, kind of wrestler, but, you know, and when I would ankle-pick them, they would just, I would, people would say I would put them under a spell, and they would just they would just kind of fall to it. You know, and it was kind of, I guess, more magical and tricky, so maybe that wouldn't work
1: either. <laughs> I was joking off air with Kevin, so I actually got the chance to uh, to train a little bit with Mark out in Vegas. And, and how did that go? It went great. It was especially <laughs> great for Mark, I, I must say. Uh, but there's, like, the world's, like, slowest but also most precise knee bar that I'm just staring at, and I'm in on. I was just like, Oh, that looks really nice, but it's still happening to me. I mean, it's funny because when I tell this to, to a couple of your teammates, all they could say was, well, yeah, I mean, that's tricky dick for you. And I was like, yep, fair enough. So I, I had always wondered if that was kind of what, it, you know, if it was infused with that background. Uh, so having said all that, you know, now that you are kind of establishing yourself in an RFA and we don't know what the, the next situation is going to be like, what are your kind of goals? Do you see yourself trying to go on from RFA? I know it's a great organization, but it's, it's led some killers out of that organization.
4: Of course, I think that's RFA—the springboard—and uh, you know, I, I want to. I got some unfinished business there. I want. I want a rematch, and I want that title. You know, it's just kind of like that's just that's something I want to do on this level before I move on, just to prove myself. I and can when win you those big-
1: Rematch? Who are you referring to?
4: Justin Lawrence. Okay. There's I- some... Something- you know, he, he was a better fighter that night, but uh, I think there's some things that, uh, that I, some small tweaks that can make a big difference in the way I fight, and uh, I think it goes totally different next time.
0: Fantastic. And going back to this fight, how do you see the next one ending?
4: You know what? I, I, uh, the way, some of the things I've changed have, and a lot of it's an attitude, an attitude about uh, my training and, and my striking that's going to open up my wrestling and uh, once I get somebody to the ground, I don't think there's anybody that can handle
0: me on the ground. I mean, if Raph couldn't, I, oh I can't God. think of a single I person. I got to tell you, like, that was my benchmark. Yeah. It was Raph. Yeah. was like, I guess I'll call Galvan. I mean, I don't really know who I would call I mean, him yeah, you know, I,
6: I've
1: really been uh, a benchmark for the RFA. People who beat me tend to do People really,
0: have really said well. that. Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> So, you know, not like, you know, if you win this and then you win the title, you know, it's not like you owe me anything. No,
6: no. but, you know, but it's
1: not not like that either. But it's also not exactly not like that.
4: Yeah. Hey, send me a, send me a, send me a JPEG. If you're saying I'll show you on the banner.
1: <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Done. <laughs> Speaking of people if... you're, you're taking care of, I also understand your friends with uh, Open Mat Radio's Paul Moran. Oh yeah, man! Good dude. What a terrible human being he is, right? Yeah, I love me some
0: Open Mat Radio. Oh yeah, Mark, you need to know he and Raph have a feud about who's the more plain, the more plain-looking MMA podcaster. It goes pretty deep. <laughs> I
4: bet you guys have some possible thoughts. over the ladies. <laughs> I'll
1: tell you this much: uh, I love you know. Paul was very nicely uh, suggesting. He was like. Hey, you know, if you, you have uh, Mark on, he's been on my podcast before, and I was like, "I'm sorry, Mark, I just don't have nine hours to spend listening to a podcast to catch up on it." <laughs> Boom. Palmer and Slam. Take that open Matt radio. But uh, uh, getting back to that, you know, you train over at Sergio Peña's. It, it's a, uh, Kevin hasn't had the chance to train there yet. I, I've gone there multiple times. Everything I've you heard have of him with there is I'm familiar.: Amazing. Uh, and I, I did get to see you do a little bit of work, uh, in, in the cage. And and, 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 I mean, dude, you, you've got some great skills. Uh, tell us a little bit for people who haven't trained there. What, what is the appeal? What is the greatness about training over at Sergio Pena's?
4: Sergio, I mean, he's straight from the source. I mean, he's the, like, you know, the closest, one of the closest guys I know to Helio. And, you know, he's had a lot of great matches with, uh, or I don't know a lot, but he's had great matches with, uh in. I mean, from what I hear, he's, uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen him, but, I mean, from what people say, they just have a lot of respect for Sergio and what he's done in the sport, Jiu-Jitsu, and, uh, you know, the way he teaches, I mean, he's very, he knows exactly, and he knows the little nuances, and, uh, you know, he's made he's made my game so much better, you know, and it's with my wrestling and his Jiu-Jitsu, it's, I just feel, you know, it's, it's pretty much unstoppable.
1: I feel that so many people, uh, you know, he's one of those well-kept secrets about jiu-jitsu. Like,
4: uh, I think those people... And he are really he he know. likes to keep it that way. He, mm-hmm. He's the type of person that likes it to be kind of close and intimate. And he doesn't like a bunch of douchebags in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, with their shirts off, running around, being assholes. You know, he likes it to be family and, and fun in and a very, you know, low-pressure, you know, atmosphere. And, you know, he, he likes... He doesn't mind some fighters, but uh he doesn't you know, he likes to he likes to gym a certain way, and he likes it to be low key.
1: Yeah, and I mean if if you guys haven't had the chance to, Stuart Cooper did a really cool uh little uh, documentary on him and it was a great profile and, and, and a great insight into Sergio himself and I don't know that a lot of people get to see that, but uh when you get to have stories like, Oh yeah, you got to take Hickson to the limit, those are rare stories.
6: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: I don't know that many of us will really get to see that kind of stuff in our lifetime, but uh, I can I can attest. Every time I've I've been there, you guys have treated me like family, so that's uh, a true true thing uh, that I am appreciative for you guys. So as we start to wind down here, you know, uh, let's say this. Let's say people have the opportunity to tune in to RFA. What is in one word a reason why people should tune in? Go. One word. One word. I'll, you know what? Screw it. It's the holidays. You get one sentence. <laughs> that's I'll do it in one that's word. our
4: rule. Oh, you can okay. do it in one word. Okay. Oh, I'll do it in one word. Entertainment. All right. A, They're going to be entertainment now. If I can do it in a sentence, I'm going to tell them. For everybody whoa. who doesn't know, I'm Mark Tricky Dickman, and I'm here to entertain you.
1: <laughs> well, okay. Let's let's stop on this one. Our gift is words here at the podcast. I'm not going to say what you said wasn't great. It was. It had a gladiator okay. undertone. Oh, see, Kev, you went gladiator. I said this is definitely the statement that you hear in a porn. Like, <laughs> That's exactly what just happened. Like, that, I'm here to entertain you.
4: I'm trying to, I'm trying to sell myself here. I'm trying to get people interested in watching it. They okay. need to be entertained. Okay.
1: All right. Fair enough. I mean, I'm not even going to contend that I gave you a sentence and then you said I can do it in a word and then you did it in a sentence anyway. I mean, whatever. Details.
4: Uh, no. Well, you kind of gave me both options.
1: <laughs> well, you know what, Mark? Uh, you're, you sound great. Can we take care of any sponsors before we get on out of here?
4: Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on here. Uh, open that radio. Sergio Pena, BJJ, One Kicks Gym, uh, FightPaper.co, uh, and Manto are uh, – those are some of my major sponsors for Love now. It. That's so, good stuff. If you want to uh, – if you to sponsor me, go to fightpaper.co or look me up on uh, Twitter or Instagram, Tricky MMA. Uh, that's all I got.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, catch him RFA January 9th, Mark Tricky Dickman.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, some of you guys may know, uh, Kevin recently celebrated a birthday and he got no better gift than actually winning in the most recent edition of over under Kevin. Here's a conversation I had with the loser of the last over under Kevin, Mick Hey Kev, I am on the phone with uh, your good friend Mick, Mick Millman, from the People Who Train Project. Mick, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. What's going on? Not
1: much. Do you have something you want to tell
3: Kevin? You won, buddy. You did it. You beat the only guy that you probably could have beat, me.
1: (laughs) Was there something more? Do you want to talk about how good Kevin is at picking things? Remember, it's his birthday?
3: Kevin... You're so good at picking things that you didn't even have to base your decision off of how the fighters looked.
1: He still did, so that's a a lie in itself. Um, Oh, okay.
3: (laughs) So we have the same betting strategy, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the funny part is, for as much UFC as he watches, he's not that much more analytical than you are. Um, (laughs) Now, having said this, you met Kevin last week. Uh, did you get any insight into his brain or or his psyche when you met him, Mick?
3: Yeah, yeah I, I stared real hard at him, and like my gaze went right through his brain, like it was empty. So
1: <laughs> most people report that as a as a huge problem.
3: Uh, so you, if he won, it must have been a good night for finely groomed facial hair, huh? Well, I don't know. I mean,
1: normally that's a compliment I get.
3: So. No, I, I bet against the guys with, like, the finely groomed oh, facial hair. Oh, I see hair. what you're saying.
1: Yeah, you know, it it was tough. Uh, it was a tough night. I know that uh, Joe Rogan was definitely commenting about it. Uh, he was saying, <laughs> man, what's up with all of these facial hair wins? Um, but, <laughs> I don't
3: think I was alone.
1: But, you know, it was, it was a strange night all around. Uh, they announced CM Punk was part of the festivities, and now he's going to be a wrestler turned fighter, so... All I don't it. even know. It is. Oh, you'll you'll want to know. Trust me, we're actually going to talk <laughs> about it all on this podcast. So take a listen, everybody. Um, but, another
3: Brock Lesnar situation.
1: Yeah, uh, it's better than that. So you'll enjoy this quite. What? confusing. <laughs> you, <laughs> okay. Trust me you'll you'll truly enjoy this. Uh, so guys, you know we had to get in Mick. Uh, normally we invite people to come back on the next episode, but Mick is what? What are you doing now? You're Packing up, I hear, in the background. What are you doing?
3: I am heading out to Europe to do some people who train shoots. I'm flying into London tomorrow and uh, starting there. And, you know, after that, I'm going to do some traveling. But I'm still open. If anyone wants to do a shoot, just get in touch with me. Sick.
1: And, I, guys, Kevin I can uh, attest, uh, Mick is not only great to work with there, but he really does capture great moments. He he did one photo of myself and Kevin that I think uh, we we still laugh at. We still – Every time that we look at it, we're like, this is really funny. This is exactly who we are. Um, So, guys, I I can't encourage you enough. And now you have patches. So I guess when you get back, probably in about a month's time, Uh, If you guys are looking to get, if you have been a part of the project and you're looking to get prints, get a hold of Mick and you can also get patches as well. Uh, Those patches look really cool, man.
3: Yeah. What I did with the patches, you know, this isn't a business, so I didn't want a logo. So instead I hired a local, I commissioned a local artist to design something. I said, you know what, this is what the project is about. You know, come up with like what you're proud, something you're proud of. And I'm really happy with the way it turned out. It's a limited run, so there's only 350 made, and I've already sold a whole bunch of them. So Sick. if you want one, jump on it now. Um, while I'm in Europe, I, I can still fill orders. I'm, I will have someone in L.A. sending them out if anyone's interested. And uh, once it's complete, once I've sold them all, I'll have a, someone else in the community design a new one. So awesome. um, it's a great way to you know represent people who train. All it is is helping cover costs. It's not-for-profit, so.
1: That's awesome. And, and smart. And you know what guys get behind it. Uh, it's, it's such good stuff. Uh, well Mick, you know what, I'm going to let you get back to packing. Uh, before we do, I just will remind you your wager was apparently a Christmas photo shoot with me and Kevin. <laughs> so that is true. we will, we will figure out how that'll work. Uh, I do know Kevin will likely be out here for my wedding. But uh, we'll figure out those details later. Uh, but, man, we can't thank you enough for being a part of the podcast, taking time to shoot the shit with us, and uh, we will definitely be having you back on. But until then, have a great trip, my man. Yeah, thank
3: you. Thank you, guys. It's always a great problem. being on.
1: And before we get you out, any last words to Kevin? Any advice to give him for the next over-under Kevin?
3: You know, I would stick with the facial hair. You know, <laughs> I'm clearly wrong. Facial <laughs> hair. Deal.
1: Mick Miller there,
0: everybody.
3: All right. Have a good
0: one. Peace. Verbal tap fans, it's a brand new year of fights. That's the motto of today's show. January 16th, Bellator 132. Our friend, Albert Morales, on the line, whom Raf and I have both rolled with over at Systems Training Center down in Hawthorne. What is that? Albert? It's a. Place where miscreants no, what are you that trying to do there? Beat up no, oh, weird thing. That was Marcus. No, I was doing Marcus. That's right. Senna. Yeah, he's like, he doesn't
1: always... sound oddly. Well, I mean, he might be gay, but he doesn't sound that gay.
0: No, come on. Everyone that was listening was like, oh, is Marcus crazy. saying the name? Thank you. Albert Morales, how are you doing this evening?
6: <laughs> doing great, man. How are you guys?
0: <laughs> so polite. Albert, okay, remind us what your fight weight is.
6: One thirty-five. And
0: I asked you what you were probably walking around. I used to like one fifty. This was two weeks ago when we rolled. You don't feel like a one fifty no, pounder. Not at like all. you're a very strong person. A uh, lot of lot of pressure. Do you feel very comfortable at one thirty-five? Because that's also not a huge cut. If you're walking around at one fifty, that's a nice that's a nice cut. How comfortable are you fighting at one thirty-five?
6: Um, I love it because I like to eat. I'm not trying to go down to one twenty-five. <laughs> no, no way in hell, man. Yeah, I love it.
0: And do you typically? I don't know this because I just don't roll with many people in that that strain. Are you? Do you tend to be a stronger? person in that category are you a buffer guy compared to your opponents
6: uh hmm. i don't think so i think i'm probably maybe a little bit above average but like um pedro muñoz who's a 135 is strong as hell i don't know what the hell that guy's eating with like <laughs> the guys he's a monster and um john Robles is actually pretty strong but yeah i think it's just like the like because I, I started off at Kaiki jiu-jitsu which is like a very like like pressure passing kind of thing. And it's just where where my where my arms are going or, or, or just pressure passing that, that, that makes me feel so heavy because I'm really not that strong. I don't really lift weights or anything like that. So I you're saying it's, it's taking... technique.
0: That's the yeah. lesson put on the board, Raf. Do you hear that? He's humbly bragging about how good a I technique. Don't, I don't think he's do. actually bragging about anything. I guess, yeah, it was me that was bragging about it. Oh.
1: <laughs> Kevin's just going through some issues because he's like – Kev's like, man, I'm walking around near a hundred pounds over this kid. Oh shit! <laughs> and he's using better pressure than I am. How dare he?
0: Half of that statement is accurate. Okay.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. The part that you're a hundred pounds, or the fact that yes, he was using great pressure. I don't know. The second part. Okay. It's mostly you're you're pretty close to a hundred. But anyway, that's yeah, yeah. Here or there. So Albert, Albert, <laughs> back to you. Uh, You know, tell us, you know, where does your MMA journey begin?
6: Where does it begin? Um, I started off at uh, like a regular local, like something like systems, but I guess not as not as professional as in like we actually have fighters (laughs) at systems. I'm
1: sorry. You just, you called systems training center professional and I just.
6: ah, You're going to clown on my gym. Of course I am, because I know your
1: (laughs) owner is Marcus, and I know the guys who make it up. The first word that comes to mind is never professional. (laughs) Goofball, sure. Talented, definitely.
6: Professional, Professional, yeah, not so much. Questionable. Anyway, I'm sorry, go on. No, 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 but but what I mean by professional, we actually have professional fighters, you know, and talented fighters. As for, like, the gym that I started at was... There, there wasn't a fight team, or there, there was, but it was just a couple of guys. So I started off doing MMA there, um, and then I uh, had a fallout with that place and decided that, you know, I love jiu-jitsu a lot more. So I went to a jiu-jitsu school, which is kind of Jiu-jitsu. And, um, at that original school, I was with Christos Giagos. Christos ended up leaving. I left shortly after he did. So while I was at Kaiki's, Christo hits me up and says, why aren't you doing MMA anymore? I see you're doing jiu-jitsu, but
3: you need to be doing MMA.
6: And I told him I didn't have a gym. He invited me to systems, and that's all she wrote. I've been there since January.
0: Okay, so I didn't know that your relationship with systems was that fresh. What was different about systems? And Um, I've been there. The vibe is amazing. Like, it is a very fighter-rich vibe. Like, you can just sense it's a good balance of inviting people into, like, focus on fitness but also being very fighter intensive.
6: Yeah. I I think that was that was one of the main things was that I'm gonna be like at the time, um at the time like John Robles, Terry on like Terry on Ware, um Pedro Munoz was there, all these guys I would like watch on like the local scene and they were actually people that I looked up to and and, and, and wanted like I would love to train with them and now I had the opportunity to turn with them. And so, like, I hopped on that right away. I was excited about that. But not only that, that everybody there was, like, super cool. You know, nobody really um, walked around like they were better than anybody.
0: Let's turn our attention to Bellator132. Talk to us a little bit about your opponent and what you're game planning.
6: All right. Um, my opponent is Fabian Gonzalez. Um, from what I know... He's a striker. Um, game planning. I uh, don't. I tend not to game plan. I, I there's a there's a little bit of film on him, but I expect him to be better every time. So um, I kind of just work on my faults and and stuff like that. But I do watch tendencies that he does, and I see that he's very flat footed and has a really wide base. So I'm planning to exploit that. Um, but like I said, I don't really. I, I plan for him to be better than what he is, so can't really... I don't really look at his weaknesses because he might be working on it the same way I'm working on mine. But, um, Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Cerrone's the same way. Donald Cerrone doesn't look at tape. He just uh, trusts his training corner <laughs> and fights. I was like, that's interesting. Do you... Is that also just a personal preference of it helps you stay on your game?
6: Um, I would say so. Um just keeps me grinding like like because in my mind i'm thinking that this guy's grinding just as hard so i have to make my like ronda rousey says like my worst day better than his best day so that's what i that's what i like reach like aspire to do every day good quotation too
0: i feel like albert's practicing for his post win speech Mm. just Mm. can
1: you hear little notes of it Mm. so albert you know i was really interested in this so What's it like to get the phone call that Bellator is interested in you? And what do you think that you did that caught their attention?
6: It was actually pretty cool because I was preparing for a fight against uh, Joseph Morales. For uh, it was in Sacramento for Bed for Battle, the um,
1: fight of the Moraleses.
6: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, that that I, I went to. I ended up going to that show anyways, and uh, we we called each other long lost cousins because his dad was actually the promoter of like he was the owner of the promotion. <laughs> and um, he said Morales versus Morales. We were both ranked in state, so it was like he was like it, it had to be done. And <laughs> it, yeah, it was pretty sick. Um, it didn't happen because he ended up getting signed to World Series of Fighting, and I got signed to Bellator.
1: Oh man! Yeah, I mean, that's... winner takes name.
0: Yeah, no shit. <laughs> this Fight is for everything. Yeah, the and lip-sync. it was
6: for a belt. So oh.
0: The, did it say Morales across it or was it just like a separate belt? <laughs> that'd be sick. I don't
6: know. No, would that be, be sick? Enough.
0: They should do this. Why did... This is like our tag team MMA and jiu-jitsu, ref.
1: Like, I mean, kind of, I'm, I'm just starting to do the math in my head and I don't know how many asparas I can beat. So, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the... It's a little unfeasible for me, one might say. Uh,
0: think about me. I have to fight that girl with the last name Philip. Then I get my ass kicked <laughs> by a thirty-five pound woman. Yeah, except I got
1: Carlos sparza and she's no joke, I don't even know <laughs> oh, what I would do. Oh, with that shit, nonsense. Dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you just all took a moment of silence from my death and my passing. I get it, but Albert, you know, when when you get the call from Bellator and they start telling you that they're interested in you you know i know it's got to be a great expression a great feeling what are the first things that are going through your head like are you thinking fights already do they have somebody in mind for you like right then and right there like how does that all work
6: yeah yeah no no um like i was i was, I was preparing i just got done running sprints i went to go get some acai uh my coach calls me and tells me yo um i don't think you should fight in you know in december I was like all right whatever you're, you're the coach you know and he's like but you know you're he's like i don't think you should fight but I got something else for you. I was like, "What's up?" He's like, "You're fighting me in January. You're making your pro debut." Right off the bat, I flip out because I'm so I've been waiting for this since uh, since October. I wanted to go pro right away. Um, and he's like, "Oh, you're making your pro debut." And then I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm flipping out." Then he says, "And it's for Bellator." <laughs> uh, like I just went quiet. dude. It was just <laughs> I don't even know uh, how to explain what I felt oh, that second. Like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it right now. Um, because it's my debut and it's on Be- it's for Bellator, I, I freak out. Um, they they had the opponent, but um, I, I I didn't care. It was just for Bellator, so I was just I was super stoked. And then I worried about the opponent, like now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. That's good.
0: Yeah, fuck it. I get prioritized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. And then I got over it. Like now I'm over the fact that. It's and I'm just taking it as it's another fight, another stepping stone for me to get to the UFC.
0: Kudos, man! I think it's going to be a cool story—the stones to go pro, and you've got to be. When you find out you're going pro, does your mindset shift as far as how you train?
6: No, no, I've no? been I've, I've, no, 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 I've I've, I've been training oh, since the since I decided that I was going to fight. You know. And, and coach put like all the time into me. That that that's, that's I, I've never I've never really taken like days off or, or or slacked off in training. Maybe maybe one I went like a week. I think it was Thanksgiving week that the, that I kind of took a break. But other than that, no, it's it's been all go. It's been professional. I want to make this like uh, you know life. Well, it is my lifestyle, but I want to make it my career, and I want to cut it short. I don't want to be fighting until I'm like forty. I'm trying to, you know, get in and out, and have enough to start my own academy and stuff like that.
0: Very cool.
4: Hmm.
0: I like the goal.
1: Yeah, no shit. I was I'm about
6: to say, practice.
4: you hear that,
1: Marcus? He's coming after you next. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh man, your yeah. academy's all great now, but you just wait until I get my academy up.
6: <laughs> now, nah, man, we're actually talking about like, um, you know, later down the road because Marcus isn't just some guy that's going to stop at two academies. He's trying to get. He's trying to go global. So, you know, um, he helps, like, he's he's also my manager, and he teaches me, like, marketing and stuff like that, and so eventually he wants me, like, we're talking about maybe possibly having one of my own systems one day, and so that'd be cool. That's sick. um Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, Marcus, you know, his marketing and his game for getting more systems is much like his sex life. I mean, it just spreads and spreads, and <laughs> just so many people are infected by it, but... You know. Oh, that's awesome. You can tell him that. It's a good joke. <laughs> and if he doesn't like it, he'll laugh. I guarantee you will. Uh, that's so sick, dude. So, okay, so do you know flight placement? Uh, where do we need to look out for you fighting-wise? Is it? I don't know. I don't know these questions. Do you know these answers?
6: Fighting right now it's just so I signed a one-year uh, contract to them um, with up to three fights. So right now I'm just trying to um, – just, you know, win this fight and then just continue with Bellator and get as many fights as I can, you know, and and, uh, and why not take over Bellator and win the 135 strap before I, you know, before I leave. That That's, like, something that's in my mind right now. Um, uh, yeah, For, right now it's just focusing on winning this fight. Agree, um, jiu-jitsu tournaments. I guess you can catch me on those whenever I'm not, when I don't have a fight. Yeah, line, okay. I,
1: I guess this is a good point to stop you and ask you about this. So... Uh, Kev, you're familiar with the systems guys now, and yes. I love that on Friday night, I just see you put up something that says, hey guys, I don't know if you guys are doing anything, but they're just, yeah, we're going to do a jiu-jitsu tournament tomorrow, no big, no stress, it's just if you can, we're just going to do a little round robin tournament or something, and I was like, what the shit, Where did, like is this on a day's notice, how did that all come together,
6: and what was that? That was sick, and it actually came, it was it was dope. It, it came to it, it was awesome. We had sixteen competitors actually from all over the place. Guys that I didn't even know, but um, uh, Coast Fitness is um, a, one of my sponsors, and uh, it's been around I think m- maybe almost a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend Stephanie is actually now the um, the social media manager, and she promoted this Christmas party. So she asked all of us that were sponsored to like help promote it, promote it, and I was like, hey, you know, since we're like kind of in, like like gearing to like fighters and jujitsu guys why don't we throw a tournament there's like mad area She like oh that'd be an awesome idea if you can organize it. let's do it i was like all right let's try it and 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 uh, i just posted and then you know it spread like wildfire i said free tournament who's not going to show up to a free tournament and i said free food afterwards so everybody showed up um we had some dope dudes it wasn't like a bunch of white belt well not, not to say white belts aren't good but we had some killers that came out and uh pretty cool matches dude that's
1: so cool I, yeah, I was, I was so impressed that that was happening, like, so last minute. Everything you guys were saying about it was just like, yeah, we just threw this together, and if you guys want to compete and you're not done for the year, come on down. Oh, there's free food. And I was like, this sounds like it's fake. That's how idealistic all of this is. Good work. <laughs> Good work, gentlemen. Uh, but that's sick. And, and I actually saw a little bit of the photos from what you guys did, and it looked like it was really cool.
6: Oh, no, we got, we have, we're going to have, like, we have film, like, Vince recorded, Vince from Sports recorded it, um, the winner got some some free goodies, got, I think, like, what, a couple hats, a couple shirts, and, uh, yeah, everybody had a fun time.
1: Yeah, no, and yeah. I mean, Kev, as you may know, my first interaction, Albert, was watching him, uh, I'm sorry, with, with your first opponent, did you guillotine him? is that
6: correct? Um, first opponent uh, was a rear naked choke. Okay. <laughs> The
0: I reverse just, guillotine. Yeah, I see. the other version
1: of it. I, I, yeah. I, all I know is, is it was between him and Marcus and running into them at Rev Gear, I was like, damn, this is some fun fucking jiu-jitsu that they do over there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can attest to that. Killers.
6: Yeah, that that, that tournament was one. Sorry with that one, Marcus hits me up like two days before the tournament and says, Albert, you want to compete? I was like, yeah, yeah, calm down. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> He asked me, what, "What what division do you want to do?" I was like, "Well, whatever." He was like, "Okay, I'm gonna put you down for all of them." I was like, "Oh shit! All right, cool." So he puts me down for all of them, right? I'm thinking gi and no gi. I come, I come, and um, you know, actually, that was that was part of the week that I was messed that that I kind of took off, and um, I, I actually drank the night before because I completely forgot about the tournament, and I wake up. I wake up. I'm hungover because Marcus is calling me. He's like, "Where are you at, Maiden?" And I, I, I was like, "I freaked out. I had to call, get a ride." I got their missed weigh-ins, but they let me. They let me compete anyways. Um, and I forgot my shorts, so I'm so so. All I uh, all I had was my gi. So I competed, and then they called me up right away. It was bullshit. They called me up right away. I'm wearing <laughs> gi pants, and I just take off my shirt, <laughs> and I roll up my gi pants like like all, like 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 Capri's and, and, and I all go true. against this dude who's like 20 pounds heavier than me and, 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 and ended up submitting him but still like that was a, a crazy story man I mean it, it Kev
1: I wish I could explain to you that I've never met Albert before and then seeing him look at what appears like hammer pants hammer gee <laughs> pants <laughs> and if he's telling me now that he was hung over wow whew, hard to believe but when he's rolling up in there and he's wearing ghee pants, I'm just like, somebody's going to grab those. That's, that's a problem.
6: Oh my God, I was so pissed.
1: <laughs> and sure as oh. shit, did he grab the ghee pants?
6: Yeah, dude, like, yeah, he grabbed the hell out of those Gee pants. And me and my brother, we get into this big argument about this, like, if you wear gi pants, he says, yeah, I'm going to grab them. I'm going to grab the hell out of them. I'm like, if it's a no-gi tournament, like, I'm not going to grab your gi pants. bro." like, he says, well, shit, they're there. I'm, I, I have, like, instinct to grab them. I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's bullshit.
1: I mean, Kevin and I, I have know. this same debate all the time. Kevin, what side are you on again? If there are gi
0: pants present, i am be grabbing.
1: Okay, and I like <laughs> to fight with honor. So
3: Exactly, um, that's what I
1: say. There's oh my that. god! Uh, I guess the idea is: Has your brother always been a cheater?
6: It, thank you, thank you, that, and that's exactly what I call him. I call him other things that I can't, you know, I don't want to say. <laughs> but, like, Michael, you know what I'm talking about when you hear this, you punk. But he, um, yeah, he's he's he's. He, we actually what? just got an argument yesterday about this shit. Did you?
0: I what say you to the <laughs> fact that the gee pants give you a better grip on your opponent's torso and? legs what do you mean what do, you, what do i mean <laughs> it's cloth it grips that's the whole point of the geese versus mma shorts don't really do that at all or valley Tudo, big fan of the spats too i'm in on all of it so the gi does have an advantage for the guy rocking them
6: yeah oh i guess if you're like using lockdown or half guard or something like that but it also like to, to pass I'll, I can control your hips, split the pants. Yeah, That's not, like I'll use like you know like I can use a Toriano pass for Christ's sakes now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, the funny, re- I guess, the reason why this is so endlessly entertaining to me and Kevin is um, we got the chance to actually meet your brother for a split second uh, when we oh, went to go train yeah, with each see? other. And I saw the interaction happening, and it was the perfect split, the exact same split. Kevin and I are on this. He and I were on the exact same page. He makes a lot of sense. Okay, (laughs) but let's discuss, and this is no slight on your brother, but um, Albert, what's your brother's name? Mike. Mike. Let me ask you this. Do you really want to side with Kevin Phillips, a person who is historically never correct about fights, looks homeless, and also... Says irrational nonsense like he's about to in three, two,
0: one. All that sounded like a compliment to me. All I heard was character pluses. So I think the answer is going to be a pretty clear
6: yes. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> now, Albert, when you're talking about your brother, you know how much is he helping you? Because I, I have to understand that's got to be pretty cool to have him, uh, who also trains uh, as a resource for you when you're getting ready for fights and whatnot.
6: Uh he's more of a motivational kind of guy like he'll he'll, he'll 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 talk to me a lot. He does train with me, but um he's just so damn busy unfortunately that he doesn't get to train but before like you know when he was on it when you know uh when he, when he when he decided that you know jiu-jitsu doesn't pay your bills before that um he was awesome like we'd always get down like he would always stay after with me and train. Um but yeah, now he's just you know focusing on you know, working right now so it kind of sucks and he, he's had some neck injuries so but definitely like he's like whenever i need someone to talk to he always, he's always there in, in like any topic i love that guy that guy's the shit
0: <laughs> well as you wind down who can we shout out sponsors for you
6: gone three daniel from gone three um super chill dude um always always hooking us up like he's been hooking me up since I've been in, well, I'm still an amateur in the halfway point, but he's been hooking up for a while. Uh, Flow Clinic, that's where I get my mind right. Um, Coast Fitness, Jerry and Stephanie, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to represent you guys. Mount of Sports, Vince is the man. Check out his gear, super clean look. Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, like, kind of thing. Um, My girlfriend, Vanessa, for meal prepping my stuff. And uh, I got this new thing uh, with, no reason. They're a hat company. They're actually coming out with the Warrior um which is my nickname, the Warrior hat, so it's gonna it's gonna be pretty sick. Um, my team's Carlson Gracie South Bay, Professor Andre just got his fourth degree yesterday, congrats. Um Systems Training Center, um, Gracie Baja and which is soon to become Systems Ventura. Um
1: looking forward to that. That's awesome.
6: No way! Really? Yeah, that's so
0: yeah. cool.
1: Uh, speaking of which, hold on. Before I let you finish on that, were you or were you not doing a Marcus Cavall impression? Because I know he Kevin was. tried he one.
0: Sure was.
6: And
1: Kevin did one, and that was garbage. And but it was I perfect. Did hear you do one? That was an actually good one.
6: Yeah, I don't. I I, I. I. don't know. I can't speak. I can't quote Marcus without the accent. Even though like I suck at it, I. I, I got to do it.
1: No! 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 As a person who has a great ear for accents, that was solid. Can can you say something like Marcus real quick?
6: Shit, now you got me on the
4: spot, dude. I can't yeah, do it man. now. Yeah, you can. <laughs> if I were to just
1: ask you as Marcus right now, hey Marcus, um, you know you lost a bet to Kevin once. Uh, how did that make you feel?
6: I've never lost a bet. <laughs> like. Uh... That's actually pretty exactly on. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you slide on that. I'm <laughs> just saying. I don't know, dude. I, 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 you got me on the spot. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> um. I can like just like the list of people that helped me out a lot. Um, my three amigos, Rico, my brother Mike, and Anthony. Uh, my two coaches, or my two main coaches, Ian and Rob. My manager, Marcus. My friend Stephanie, and. My beautiful girlfriend, Vanessa, and then everybody else out there who I haven't shout out. You know, the list could be forever, but thank thank everybody for the support, and you guys for having me on the show.
0: Oh, you're the sweetest. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> he wins points. You. Albert, the warrior. Morellas, we are stoked. Obviously, we're cheering for you at Bellator 132, because first of all, we don't know the other fucking guy. We know you. We've trained with you. We like you. You're who's winning on January 16th. Thank you for yeah, swinging by the man. podcast. And thanks again for rolling with us while I was in L.A. That was a really fun evening.
6: Yeah, next time. I'm actually coming to Kentucky to roll with you now.
0: All right. Well, Kansas. But I'll meet you in Kentucky. <laughs> we will make it happen.
6: It's the same place. <laughs> Kansas. All right.
1: Hey guys, so there's been a lot of news recently. Uh, You may have heard there was uh, somebody by the name of Phil Brooks, who was recently signed by the UFC. And uh, Phil Brooks isn't all that exciting of a name to really promote. So that's why the UFC is really excited to announce that they have signed CM Punk. And all around the Twitter sphere, uh, people have been complaining about it. There has been some support. I don't know. Uh, It was such a topic that we decided, you know what, let's do something different for a change when we talk about this. You guys know how Kevin and I feel already. Why don't we go ahead and bring on two of our favorite guests to come on and have a spirited debate about the signing of CM Punk. Uh, so joining us today, we have from the MMA Hour, our good friend, New York Rick, Eric Jackman. How are you doing today?
5: I'm doing well. I'm uh, doing some last-minute Christmas shopping, Sit out sitting outside uh, Best Buy. I'm about to give Jay a call and see if he can come pick me up.
1: What is <laughs> Why are you waiting? Why did you wait so long to do your Christmas shopping? Uh,
5: because I'm a busy man. I mean, I got shit to do. I, I don't have time to just, you know, sit around
1: and play with my thumbs like you guys over there. Oh, wow. He is already uh, starting very violently at the host, I might add, uh, which scores you zero points in this game. Uh, Thanks okay. for having me on. Yeah, okay, good. Pleasantry has been put there. Yeah, yeah, points on there. We we know how this works. But uh, it wouldn't be a game without having an opponent. Uh, here from the Ultimate Fighter, our good friend, you know him, you love him, Jimmy Quinlan. Jimmy, how you doing, man?
2: Hey, what's going on? I've just been sitting over here playing with my thumbs, watching <laughs> CM Punk documentaries all morning, preparing.
1: <laughs> how many CM Punk documentaries are there, Jimmy?
2: On the WWE Network, there's one. I've been watching it over and over and over again. Mm, very it's nice. Every little- detail. I'm supremely focused right now. I was
1: really hoping that when you said documentaries, that's what you meant for episodes of Monday Night Raw. That uh, too.
2: Raw replays over and over and over again.
1: (laughs) Guys, without tipping our hat too much, um, so what we decided is, uh, we have two people presenting a little bit different on perspectives here. Uh, So to help clarify things, taking the pro CM Punk Being in the UFC is a good aspect. Uh, Our good friend Jimmy will be taking that aspect. And taking more a little bit on the negative side, we've got Eric Jackman who's thinking like a real UFC fan. So let's do this real quick. We're going to start off. I'm going to give you guys uh, 25 seconds to go ahead and say your opening statement. And in doing so, please end by letting us know what your finishing maneuver would be if you were a pro wrestler. We are actually going to go ahead and start... With our good friend, Eric Jackman. 25 on the clock, go. Uh,
3: if you care about the UFC
5: and MMA and the legitimacy of the sport, if you care about that, this is a, this is a disaster. Um, giving a guy who has name recognition alone uh, this opportunity uh, will uh, we'll, we'll go a long way in not uh, letting MMA elevate itself to, to a status that we hope it can achieve. And my pro wrestling finisher would be the spread due to my uh, betting proclivities, per- 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 And it would be a modified like banana split type move. Um, that would look really sweet.
1: Wait, hold on. You would have a modified banana split like move. That's it. Okay. You do know that's like an actual maneuver in, in like jujitsu and wrestling. Yeah.
5: Yeah. How many times do they, you know, the undertaker, do they try them out there to do an arm bar, like a sloppy arm bar that doesn't look like it's going to submit anybody. So, Uh, I figure, why not bring some uh, real life into that WWE joint?
1: Wow. Okay. That's an interesting statement, especially when you have a black belt on the line who may be able to correct that form and help you out a little bit more. But Jimmy, let's go ahead and hear your opening statement. 25 seconds on the clock, go.
2: I think CM Punk is at the... End of the day, he's an entertainer, and as the longest reigning WWE champion of the modern era, he's someone that shows that he can perform at the top of the sport and put everything that he can into something. And when dealing with a sport like the UFC, you need someone with toughness, heart, and skill. We know CM Punk has two of those. We're waiting on the skill to find out. My finishing maneuver would be the Stone Cold Death Drop, which is a combination of the Scorpion Death Drop and a Stone Cold Stunner. Um, I can talk you through it if you need more info on how that move works. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, let's stop here for a second.
1: Uh, Jimmy, uh, you are a black belt, as noted previously. Um, how much is being in this argument going to ruin that reputation?
2: Oh, but i People are going to be questioning my black belt for years to come after this. So... <laughs>
1: Uh, are you are at all nervous by Eric's selection of a uh, finishing move? Do you think that's something that's terrifying in the world of professional wrestling?
2: No, I think easily counted. Um, very easily counted. I am not too to worry about that at all. And, you know, it's something that he's going to have to set up. It's not something he can hit quick. It can't really come out of nowhere. Um, so I think I'll see it coming and be able to find it very easy. Wow,
1: Eric, I don't know if that was a perfect summation of your argumentation game, but do you feel the burn right now? Do you feel a little nervous that Jimmy's calling you out and saying whatever you're talking about doesn't make any sense? Listen, I've I've got thousands of moves. That's just one. I mean, you know, I've got the uh, the off Broadway,
5: which is you know when I grab two trash can lids and smash her head in between them. I um, like stomp, or you know the off off Broadway where I grab a steel chair, and I sit in the middle of the ring like I'm going to do a one-man show. And then uh, when you come in to listen, I smash you over the head uh, with that steel chair while the referee is not looking, while my valet, let's just say it's Raffer now, uh, is distracting the referee. I mean, I've got moves upon moves. That, that's not the end
1: of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, you're getting a little insight into his brain. Uh, Jimmy, do you feel anything, any response to his opening statement or... I mean, clearly he's sounding like a crazy human being. Those are moves that just don't happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, the guy's clearly um, We've moved on to the PG era. This is an ECW. We're <laughs> going to go smashing people over the head with steel chairs. Um, it's just not allowed. It's just not something that can happen these days. So um, not too
3: worried about that at all.
1: Well, great. Gentlemen, let's get straight into the debate. We're going to go ahead and start with our first question. I'm going to pose this to both of you guys, but I'm going to go ahead and direct this first Over to Jimmy Quinlan. Jimmy, 15 on the clock. You need to answer the following question. Is signing CM Punk the best for business in the UFC? 15
2: seconds, go. Absolutely. UFC, at the end of the day, is an entertainment sport. And taking a guy like CM Punk, who has 2.1 million Twitter followers, that's more than every other champ on the UFC roster combined, is what's best for business.
1: Same question over to Rick. Go for it. It's best for UFC business, but it's not best for the sport.
5: If I, if I asked uh, Jimmy, hey, you know, t- tell me how you got to the UFC or tell me how you got started in MMA, and your answer was, I got a lot of Twitter followers,
2: um, what does that say about the legitimacy of what you've been doing for your career? Jimmy, your response to that? Uh, It's not a simplest thing. He got Twitter followers. I mean, he did something and captivated people. It's a sport that you have to win the fans uh, to get things like Twitter followers and people that support you. And that's no different when you're fighting in the UFC is the people that get a storyline behind them like Chael and guys like that. Those are the people people pay money to watch fight.
1: I'll give 15 on the clock to a response. Go.
2: The difference is that Chael can go in there and
5: walk the walk. Now I'm not saying CM Punk's not going to go in there and you know mop up whatever cans and whatever tomato cans they're going to give them. Um, but I'm not going to be too impressed if that's what happens. Uh, it's definitely best for the UFC and it's it's great to get some eyeballs. But if if we want to elevate uh, MMA. To a major sport, which, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's ever going to there. Right. Um, All right. We're good. Hope you it got does. Your
1: 15. All right. Let's go back over to Jimmy. Jimmy, this is a nice uh, kind of transition because I wanted to ask you. You have trained with Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen has talked about the fact that CM Punk wanted to fight him. Uh, do you think that this is, A, a case of Chael just being Chael, Or, B, do you see any legitimacy to this? 15 go.
2: I'm sure uh, it's a degree of both. I mean, whenever you see Chael in the public spotlight, it's Chael being Chael. I think that he trains at CM Punk. He knows, you know, CM Punk is a tough guy. He's someone that has been involved in the sport. Um, So, you know, everything you hear from Chael is part of the persona, um, but I don't doubt that uh, some of that is actually true. Uh,
1: Let me ask you this, Rick. Any interest in seeing Chael versus CM Punk? (laughs) Absolutely not. That's it. That's all I have to say. Absolutely. That's it. Do uh, you have no at all common interest to seeing that in any form, be it grappling match or even MMA? Hey, how about uh,
5: we put that in the WWE ring? That's the only place I'd want
1: to see that. Okay. Well, I have no problem with that either. I mean, that's a different thing in itself. Uh, you know, you mentioned this over a little bit. Uh, I think Jimmy uh, kind of touched upon it, but I do want to ask you this you know, we're in kind of a shortage where not a lot of people know how to sell themselves. Do you see that there's kind of a valuableness to CM Punk's ability to sell and maybe cut great promos and get people interested, Rick? 15? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean,
5: you know, there's so many guys who are trying to replicate what Chael Sonnen has done and and failing miserably. Um, it's, it's time that there's somebody with, with charisma and, you know, I'm... Uh, for, for as much as I'm saying about, you know, the legitimacy of MMA, I will be watching a
1: CM Punk fight. Interesting. Jimmy, what do you think about that?
2: I think so. You look at like things like the WWE. You have guys behind the scenes that are teaching people how to do promos, cut promos, and just basically walking people along. CM Punk just being in the locker room at the UFC—he's a guy that he can basically give pointers. He's a tool for every other fighter on the roster to basically say, "Hey, help me with like my interviews." You know, it doesn't have to be a promo, but you know, get some personality behind. That's something that CM Punk wow. can offer anyone around him.
1: Wow! So Jimmy is seeing a value beyond CM Punk's uh, fighting ability. Very nice there. Um, let's go to our next question, Jimmy. I'm going to stick with you on this. Are we overlooking? CM Punk submission game?
2: I think very likely people are overlooking. I mean, you don't put CM Punk in there against Jail Sonnen, who's a multiple-time world title contender. Um, you put CM Punk out there against someone who's uh, bottom-of-the-battle, low-level guy, just like CM Punk is, and you get to see what he has. He's been training with the Gracie's for a long time. He's, you know, he's been training with some of the best jiu-jitsu guys all over the world. He's definitely someone that has some level of skill at the very all right.
1: least. Rick, same question.
5: Uh, I, d- I highly doubt it. I mean, I don't know... How much time uh, he's able to dedicate to it? We know how the WWE schedule is, and according to that interview he did, he didn't take much time off uh, for anything, including staff. So I don't know how much time he really had to get into the gym and roll.
1: It, well, you know, what, I'm going to stick with you on this, uh, Rick. Are you? I mean, I'm, when I'm asking if we're overlooking his submission game, are we overlooking the fact that he has Henner, Gracie, in his backdrop? <laughs> I
5: if mean, having it, Henner Gracie in your corner was enough to. You, you know, win every fight, then sure. But I don't. Th- I think he has to uh, put the work in in the gym. He will. St- I'm sure he will start now. But I don't think uh, we're overlooking anything in his past uh, where he's going to come out and throw a, a flying uh, armbar on somebody.
1: Uh, you know, I'm so- I'm going to cut you off right here. Uh, I'm very sorry to inform you. Uh, maybe now that you said that. Uh, you might want to take a minute, pause, really think about what you said, because I actually have Henner in the studio right now. Let me go ahead and pull him on real quick. Henner, you mind talking? To yes, of course. Um, let me go ahead and talk with you real quick, uh, Rick. I, I find your statements to be uh, both inflammatory and not exactly necessary. Uh, what exactly do you mean that uh, having me in a corner doesn't actually help anybody?
5: Uh, uh, Henner, I uh, I meant uh, I meant uh, that that CM Punk's the best and uh, and uh
1: you're going to get the submission. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Gracie uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Gracie all day. Dang. Anyway, all right. I'm going to go ahead and get off the call. Thank you very much, Henner. You can leave now. It's fine. I now yeah, We're good. Uh, Jimmy, let me get back to you on this. So if we're overlooking his submission game, and and this is something you're saying, are people not taking into consideration the fact that he submitted people like Alberto Del Rio via the Anaconda Vice?
2: Yeah, I mean absolutely gotta look at the caliber of competition CM Punk has faced mm-hmm. in the past um, someone like Alberto Del Rio um comes out there with a wealth of MMA knowledge and takes him mm-hmm. into the ring and CM Punk is able to beat these guys. I mean CM Punk has already been in the ring with Brock Lesnar. That's something ninety nine percent of the UFC mm-hmm. roster cannot claim. And if I'm mistaken,
1: he took it to Brock Lesnar. And that's not even in the same weight class, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So no disqualification match in different weight classes, um, It's just, you know, it's something you can't change for that kind of skill. You can't teach
4: that. Mm.
2: Uh, He's going to have a huge advantage going forward after experiences like that.
1: Rick, real quick, with all the injuries CM Punk has sustained, you said you've listened to some podcasts and it's clear that you've paid attention to him. Uh, do you feel that the injuries play a role? Because he was bitching about that at the end of his WWE tenure.
5: Uh, I don't think so. I think he'll be able to finally get off the grind of that WWE schedule. I think it's much harder than being in a training camp um, just because he's going out there and doing the, the real work every day. Uh, so, no, the injuries won't be a factor.
1: I'm going to – wow. You said the. Re- – I'm sorry. What was that, real training?
5: I yeah, wanna... I mean, he's
1: doing, he's doing the – He's doing the real
5: work. The training camp is not necessarily like it, the training camp is not the fight. Whereas every day he's going out there for WWE, he's putting on the show, the, the bright lights and and the big stage.
1: Jimmy, uh, different question on this one. Uh, it's been said on Twitter and maybe some other parts of the social media universe that this could just be a ruse to up his value with the WWE in the long term. Do you see that as something that is a legitimate argument?
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's something I that think could basically play for both sides. If he's more popular for the WWE, that makes him more popular for the UFC and vice versa. Um, it's a smart campaign either way. And if at the end of all of this, he goes out, takes a fight and loses. And they determine, you know, it's not worth having him take another fight. He goes back to WWE and he's twice as valuable because people have been waiting for him to return for the last two years.
1: Uh, Rick, do you see any problem with that?
5: Well, I think if he goes out and gets starched by some no name, I don't think his value with the WWE went up. That's for sure. I think Brock Lesnar, you know, becoming WWE, uh, I'm sorry, UFC champion raised his (laughs) profile with WWE, but I don't think, uh,
1: CM Punk getting knocked out in the first round would uh, would raise his stock. Hey, Rick, I want to stay with you on this. Uh, this is a quote or a quotation from CM Punk. I want your response to it. The quotation says as follows, I have bitten off a chunk of greatness that a lot of people perceive as too much for me to handle. Those people don't know me. Don't even know what I can handle. I do. Your response. Love, it.
5: Love his attitude. I'm rooting for CM Punk um, 100%. I think he's a dude who's getting to do – uh, what he wants to do, and I can't do anything but support and commend him for that. Uh, so good for him, and uh, I'm rooting for
1: him. Wow, what a what a wonderful sentiment you have. I'm rooting for him, although he's a disgrace to the sport. No, 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 to... no. Signing him, disgrace to the sport. Ah, okay. For him, t- take every
5: opportunity you've got.
1: Light sheet and steel. Light sheet and steel. The one thing he knows about pro wrestling has been put into use. Everybody, <laughs> I think we've we've run the well dry on his all <laughs> pro wrestling references. I was up on Wikipedia all night for that one. <laughs> I'm really glad that you picked uh, Eddie Guerrero. Congratulations. I do have to ask this over to you, Jimmy. If if that's the case, and uh, you know, CM Punk may be biting off more than he can chew. To some people. Uh, is there something to be said about the way he was brought into the UFC and the way that they made the announcement?
2: Uh, no, you know, I think they brought him in. They wanted to kind of make that big announcement and get like a big pop out of all the fans to kind of where has CM Punk been? This is where he's been. And I think anyone that believes that CM Punk has not done a single MMA round is crazy. I mean, CM Punk knows how to play a heel. He knows how to get the people against him. And I think that's exactly what he's doing. He's basically coming out of taking all the pressure off. I'm saying, you know, I haven't even been around yet. Um, So when he goes out there, there's such a low level of expectation that when he does come out and perform, people are going to be that much more shocked.
1: I was actually impressed when I saw him come out. There was a pretty humble uh, way of doing it. I thought it was actually one of the nicest ways he could have done it. He wasn't bragging too much. Um, It was really respectful of the sport, which I think is a little different than what we're used to. Eric, I'm going to ask you this. Having said all of that, Dana White says he wants to feed him somebody with a potentially 0 and 1 record, 1 and 0 or 2 and 0 record. Is that really something that's indicative of signing someone that has that much exposure or should they be putting him into the deep end of the tank?
5: Uh, no, they should not put him into the deep end of the tank. And to be honest, I mean, how many guys on the bottom of, you know, the Fight Night cards or the tough China cards these days are really that much better uh, in caliber than the opponent they'll give him. Uh, I I don't think there's a cap on what's considered UFC level anymore, and uh, I think giving him an opponent in that range is, is perfectly fine.
1: Jimmy, you famously were on The Ultimate Fighter, and CM Punk was recently quoted as saying he was actually just fine with doing The Ultimate Fighter. How do you think he would have fared?
2: I think he would have... Um had pluses and matches. You know, he's used to the grind and being on like tour with the WWE and performing every single night. So that's one of the hardest projects I just getting to that. Um, I think he would have done fine, but I think for the UFC to put him on that television show and not use that style power during like a pay-per-view event would be crazy. Uh, there's too much money to be made out of him fighting on a pay-per-view event, even if it's on the undercard.
1: Let me ask you this over, uh, Rick, this is really something that's been catching everybody's attention. This is all that people have been talking about once he got signed. What make you of the challenge by the Green Ranger to CM Punk? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the response? Okay. Okay. Uh, a lot of people seem to be really, really up in arms. They want to see Jason David Frank or David Jason Frank, whatever it is this week. Uh, they want to see him fight CM Punk. My question to you, Jimmy – are you at all interested in seeing that fight? I'm not at all
2: interested. I mean, it, you're basically taking one guy and giving him a chance. Um, now, when you take two guys, to me, that does make it kind of like a little circus kind of um, act. But when you basically take same fight and say, okay, we're going to make an exception, give this guy a shot. If he wins, great. It's good for everyone. If he loses, we'll probably let him go his own way. Um, but to be, basically get two guys a shot just to kind of make a circus act out of it doesn't really make sense. Same I will say this: a uh... run as a fighter.
1: The only way I would really be interested in that fight is if he ended up bringing the Dragonzord with him, and I want him to call it via flute from the cage, but that's, I digress. That's just a a wishful wishful hope on my part. Um, If not the Green Ranger, Rick, who should CM Punk fight? Do you have somebody on the top of your head? Uh, I
5: don't have anybody in
1: mind, but I will say this. It needs to be
5: somebody that, if they beat him, their stock is worth elevating. It can't be, you know, the Green Ranger, because if he wins, what do you do with him next? He's not a legitimate uh, UFC fighter. But if they bring in somebody who they can, you know, build upon the cachet of beating CM Punk and making his name on pay-per-view, uh, that's the way to go.
1: Jimmy, same question. Uh, who do you think should fight CM Punk?
2: I totally agree. I don't have a name in mind, but when you look at, like, Ultimate Fighter guys, I was signed to the UFC with three fights. Kelvin Gaslum, four fights. Uh, John Jones, I want to say five or six fights. I um, mean, you've got guys with small records that you basically give them a chance and they can take off. Um, so you give a guy with a 1-0, 2-0, um, 0-0 type record, and you give him that shot, he now has the opportunity to take off. So it's got to be someone, you know, have some amateur fights and someone you can build off of that. Because if you're basically having Punk go down to someone, you want to at least be able to push that other guy. Uh, it makes no sense to have a guy that you basically win or lose, you get nothing to do with him.
1: Let me, let me ask you this, though. Uh, would you fight CM Punk?
2: I would. I, oh, whoops, I, or who you asking, me, or?
1: No, 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 I mean, well, let me see, which one of the two of you is a fighter? Um, <laughs> definitely not Rick, if I've really seen him.
2: I would love to see Rick fight CM Punk. That would be fantastic, so yes to that.
1: <laughs> Rick, how would you do against CM Punk?
2: Uh, he'd
5: twist me up with a fucking pretzel.
1: Uh, yes, he would, he would probably get you in an, an anaconda vice, I would highly suggest. People, go look at that move. You don't want to be hit with that by surprise. It's, it's is that terrible. is that
5: one of his WWE moves?
1: Uh, that is his submission finisher. Uh, it's not his oh, actual boy. finisher. It's a submission finisher. Uh, so he does have two different ones. I won't ruin the second one because it's quite deadly as well. But uh, having said that, gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and open this up to closing statements. You will have 20 seconds to make your final case. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start... With Rick,
5: if you care about MMA becoming one of the major sports, this is not the right direction to go. And neither is the you know the new Reebok deal where they're putting together clip art lions uh, for John Jones' walkout gear. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, go take a look. Um, not
1: good.
3: But, uh, Wait, I'm so.
1: That You don't know, have you paid attention to nothing Ghostbusters has taught us? You don't cross the streams. It's a completely different topic.
5: Sorry, uh, but just go take a look. Uh, <laughs> listeners of, of Verbal tap. Go, go go, keep that out uh, before John Jones gets into his fight. But I'm rooting for CM Punk. As I said, um, I don't think MMA is ever going to be on that level where we need to worry about this. We don't have a fighters union yet. Um, you know, guys are suing the UFC right now. So... Uh if, if status quo remains, I think
1: this is great for UFC exposure. I think it's great for CM Punk, and uh, I hope he does well. Fair enough. Even though his signing is a disgrace to the sport. Uh, Jimmy, let's hear your closing <laughs> statement.
2: At the end of the day, I'm a huge UFC fan. And CM mm-hmm. Punk coming to the UFC is going to create a lot of revenue, which does positive things to the UFC. If he doesn't fight for the UFC, he's going to fight for Bellator, or One FC, or, or for any of those other kind of middle-of-the-road uh, competitors, he's going to fight for them. Um, so the UFC is crazy to not take this guy and use him so that the competitors don't. Um, don't allow him to do a Brock did and just get a random fight for another organization. Take that stuff right away and use it to the best ability for the brand. Wow.
1: That was so extremely well said. And I, I do want to ask you guys you know, now that you've had the chance to really get to know your opponent, what did you learn most uh, from Jimmy today, uh, Eric? I learned that uh,
2: he's scared of the you didn't call him out. Oh, snap. <laughs> Uh Jimmy? I just got a rebuttal in that I love CM Punk and I love myself and I don't want to have to beat CM Punk. Um, that's why I didn't want to call him out. Just not a good fight. I don't want to see him go down. Um, I learned about Rick. You know, he doesn't have much pro wrestling knowledge. Um, he's not a great debater. So, based <laughs> on that, I feel like a an argument. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
1: Rick, do you have something to respond to there? Because if not, I've got something you should probably know. No, I'd I'd love to hear what you have. Uh, Does anything change for you, in your opinion, when you know that Jimmy Quinlan went as John Cena for Halloween this year? Oh, Jesus. Um, I didn't know that we were so deep into the wrestling world uh, with
5: this. I guess I should have figured it out when we were talking about, you know, the legitimacy of CM Punk submissions against Brock Lesnar and all that. Um but I didn't know we were on like a WWE podcast. Um I was talking about MMA. Mm. Uh so that's a little surprising, but mm. uh the dude is a legitimate uh fighter so I have all the respect in the world at the end of the day. That's the truth.
1: And you know, Jimmy, you also you're uh I mean, if you can't tell you're from Boston from your voice, you're tone deaf. But does it change anything for you that you've talked to the guy who's from New York and told him not to go fuck himself at all?
2: No, I stay out of the New York Boston rivalry. Uh, I try to respect everyone. I couldn't even hear a deep New York accent. I was kind of thinking I was expecting to hear that real deep accent, and I really didn't get it. So it didn't actually cross my mind much at all.
1: (laughs) Well, gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank both of you for taking out your time to debate this important issue with us. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please give a nice round of applause to our good friends, Jimmy Quinlan and Eric Jackman. And let us know on our Twitter, on our social media, who you thought actually took this debate. The winner of said debate will get probably nothing. But still, it's all bragging rights, and that's the most important thing. Gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for your time.
3: Thank you,
0: This has been a lot of holiday cheer. Good tidings to you and yours. I don't have any other Christmas paraphernalia introductions loaded, but fun podcast. <clears throat> uh, can't wait to see Mark Dickman fight. It seems like he's got a good edge to him. He's got good attitude.
1: I like it. I like his attitude. Yes, he's he's great. and. Uh, you know i i can tell you just from the little bit uh and getting in a train with him and watching him uh do his thing in the cage great wrestling obviously but uh intense really good stuff man that's cool and
0: Albert Morales, we get to say we trained with that guy when he's fighting up bellator no like,
1: shit bro. oh i guess that's
0: you get so to cool. say it for both i get to say it with albert <laughs> it's like
1: oh badass yeah <laughs> kevin just caught on
0: we worked that transition
1: the entire podcast yeah. to figure out it's shocking.
0: I get yeah. on faster and faster, but, but we're, this is it for 2014, man. What yeah. a year. Yeah. A hundred episodes. If you haven't listened to the 100th episode, you got to go back and download it. It was our last episode. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was. Oh man. The reactions you guys have sent to us have been truly awesome. Uh, I I've gotten a lot of people who said it's going to be hard to top that episode. And, uh, to that, I say that's rude to every other guest we have.
0: But thank you. And uh, pretty on par and astute of them to accurately say that you and I probably won't top something. Because, yeah, yeah, probably not. I
1: mean, I mean it's it's more a, a reflection of us. So, yeah. I
0: think we peaked at episode four and the rest have been a real long stretch <laughs> around sex. <seconds. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> and that means it's time for shout outs. <laughs> oh. Sweet rhythms of the season, Rafa Sparza. I got the chance to dip back in. I've been traveling a lot for work, but I got the chance to dip back in for my weekly Saturday beatings at BJJ and MMA Academy out day in Chantilly VA. We had a blast training Saturday. Uh, A lot of good. I I then got in the car and was completely dead. So that's always good training. Can't wait to check out some KC BJJ while I'm out here hook up with our good friend T Money, Travis Conley, who just got engaged.
1: Congratulations.
0: Big congrats to he and his fiance. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Good for him though. How long did it take you to get used to saying fiance?
1: Um pretty immediately spelling it was different. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, you are in for a rude awakening when it happens to you, my friend. With your oh, spelling good. prowess, it's woo! It's gonna be magic to watch.
0: <laughs> Who is your financier? It's like, oh fuck! That's, uh, oh god damn it! You know what happened? <laughs> well, <laughs> congrats, uh, too many Laura. I am fresh out of my stuff, Rafa Sparza. It's all you,
1: God. Uh, good stuff. Um, let's start up top. You know, Kevin, we got a little bit of work to do. I hate to to break work to you as we close oh, the podcast, but we do have some work to do. I'm going to take care of a little business on my end. And then we got to, we got to do something because we always got to get back <laughs> to the community. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Okay. He has no idea what I'm saying. Uh, but first let's go ahead and start off by, uh, saying <laughs> some big shout outs, uh, to Valley Martial Arts Center. Be- ma- ha- ha. <laughs> Uh, we had a promotion ceremony a couple of weeks ago. We had some great promotions. So let's first give some big shout-outs to everybody who, you know, uh, got some stripes. And uh, we want to give, oh God, to some really cool people some advancements. Uh, to Steve, Pam, Carlo, and Kim. Congratulations, you guys. It was really good to see you guys get belted up. And as well to our friend Vartan, who wasn't there. <laughs> to get his purple belt which is the saddest thing in the world because we're all just sitting there waiting like is he gonna come he's coming he'll come late <laughs> halfway through the party he's, he's, Didn't he's make coming it. though and then it just becomes like Didn't i don't know if you watch it. people who get excited about something who literally turn the <laughs> opposite and get really angry they're not there. like what the shit man <laughs> who does he think he is Um, But anyway, they ended up giving him uh, his promotion a little bit later. Uh, One of the best guys I get to train with, and uh, my sincere congrats to him. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody at uh, Valley Martial Arts Center. It's it's really cool. Uh, It was great to see everybody, great to get the whole thing and see the whole team together there for the holidays. We took some fun photos. And uh, there is a video of uh, us (laughs) terribly singing and celebrating that I, I think is one of the funniest things that we've ever done at uh, at the gym. That uh, reminds me through and through why I love training at this gym. So anyway, my, my thanks to them for a great 2014, and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys even more in 2015. But uh, Kev, you know, the holidays is, is about more than just uh, MMA and BJJ, oddly enough. Yeah, uh, it is. It is, and uh, we did this last year, and I love doing this, so I decided uh, we'd uh, put this out there again to the community, and you guys have uh, told us some people that you'd like to acknowledge within the MMA and BJJ community who have done excellent work, uh, who just deserve some good uh, shout-outs or holiday cheer, if you would. (laughs) So uh, we compiled a few small little notes, and we're hopefully going to spread some cheer and say thanks to some of those people. Uh, This one's from Cigar Nut on the Reddit BJJ forums, and uh, they just said, There's a guy who just left my house. His name is Jimmy Sarah. And uh, Jimmy is great with always helping me if I have questions and showing me techniques. And uh, he does it out of the kindness of his own heart. If anyone deserves a shout-out, it's Jimmy. He teaches over at Fight Academy in Pasadena. And uh, let me just tell you this. I actually know Jimmy Sarah, and in the community, he is not only one of the most respected people, but he's just a super nice guy. You see him all the time refing, and uh, just couldn't be more in love with jiu-jitsu. He was actually at a seminar I was at this weekend. Uh, We had a seminar over in uh, Burbank, Kev, uh, with 22 black belts, All showing a different technique. It was put together by our friend Leonidas 300 Tarka, and it was destructively awesome. So my thanks to everybody there. But you could see Jimmy Serra as one of the black belts who had pen and paper in hand as he was taking notes himself because he wanted to make sure he could go back and give his kids something. So uh, props to him. Thank you very much, Jerry Jimmy. We hope you have a great holiday. And thank you, Cigar Nut, for tipping us off and giving that guy some credit.
0: <clears throat> Apart from you guys hosting a pretty damn good quality show with great guests, but you should have GSP calling again, even if it means Raf has to leave the room again.
1: Um, I would like to give to shout p- outs too. Leave the room real quick? Yeah. Okay. You know. I'm going to go ahead and just step out for a second.
0: Oh, that's. Yeah, perfect, Raf. Because I didn't. Well, I mean, okay. R- and Raf's gone? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, patching him in. Here now live for the holiday message of the year, GSP former like former welterweight. current I don't know how to say it. GSP, how no, are you? No, no,
1: don't say that. I'm very much uh, still in uh, a weight class of uh, weight. well.
0: No, you're you're not fighting right now, so you're not in any oh, no. weight class.
1: GSP is enjoying his time off. No.
0: <laughs> what what are you spending your time doing? I heard you bought an island off Turks and. Ca- I said, "Factual."
1: Neither confirm nor deny. I have bought Peru, but uh, <laughs> let's just say this: I am very excited that uh, Cuba and uh, United States now have relations. Am I right?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you are right. And I, first of all, it's always crazy to me that you're able to keep in touch with what's going on in you know the social climate of the world with your busy travel schedule. But you're a world's man. Are you? You keep. What's your favorite news source? What's your paper that you get up and read in the morning?
1: Oh, I definitely get USA Today, but it's very different in Canada. Do you know what they call it in Canada?
0: I do not. What do they call it in Canada? They just
1: call it Today. I don't know why. They're not very creative.
0: (laughs) They just – that makes sense. It's very unassuming that way. GSP, are we going to see you – I have to ask before we wish each other a Merry Christmas. And I appreciate you calling in. Are we going to see you in the UFC next year? Uh... Georges, gee, gee, you're doing that. Just ah uh, thing that you make a noise with. It was looking for an answer. Like...
1: Hey, Kel, OK, uh, well, just is, at least. Is he gone? Oh, Raph? Yeah, I'm back.
0: Oh, God, I must have. Damn it. Oh, did you lose yeah. GSP? I guess. Well, I was just uh, in the middle of asking if he was going to be in the UFC again. He oh uh, uh, did he that, won't answer thing that he question. I had to ask, didn't I? Like, how am I supposed to look myself in the mirror tomorrow? Again. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> anyway, what else did I'm, our friend I'll uh, work on it. prototype... Oh. Yes,
0: Try. It. he wanted to give a shout out to Triangle Athletics for being an awesome sponsor. Check them out today. Genesis Martial Arts and his coach, Professor Jason Gagnon, the number one ranked IBJJF Featherweight Brown Belt. First of all, cool student to give him. This is me just speaking for the that's a cool shout out. Then he says, thanks, guys. That's from Prototype MMA, Cobrinha BJ triangle death That's pretty cool. By the way, that's a funny. Nickname. We're really Prototype of the MMA. MMA. <laughs> yeah. It's like MMEH. So it's like M is really good.
1: It's like uh, somebody who gets excited great. about mixed martial arts, but not that excited. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a really funny. So big. He, that's really cool that he sends it in. Happy holidays to his shout-outs. Those are
1: cool. Uh, Let me just say thank you to uh, the Vetkin. Uh, That was really cool. I appreciate your note uh, over on the Reddit forum as well. Let's give some uh, shout-outs to also uh, the good people over at the Mana Kids Foundation. I know our good friend Vince over at Systems Training Center has been a huge proponent of this. They are doing such great charity work. You guys need to go look up. It is the Mana Mana Kids Foundation. They are doing amazing work um, just please look them up their brand apparel is going to helping charity so they've got a whole bunch of stuff Kevin and I you can see us sporting some of their shirts uh, it's a really really funny one about all the cliche items that you have on your uh, training shirts that everybody seems to always have it's really <laughs> funny yeah I'm pretty
0: stoked about that I like that shirt um,
1: of course
0: Thinking about our friend Paul Moran over there. I forget, because I turned it on, but then, you know, I only had the 16-hour drive, so I wasn't able to listen to an entire episode. Um, but, Ref, he's, something about the Matt Radio, open the, close the Matt Radio, do you remember? Mm, I don't really know what it is. Okay, well, just take my word for it. Google something about the Matt Radio... With Paul Moran, you won't be disappointed. Um, it'll get you through that trip you're taking to Eastern Europe this year for the holidays to celebrate the... the Good the news, if you start of,
1: uh, one of the episodes now, you may be able to finish it by the end of the new year.
0: You probably will be able to, and it's going to be worth every second. I'm a yeah. big fan. It's escorted me on the drive some, legitimately, not just the... It's little over ...jokes it. that make about its length. Um, and, you know, yeah. that's going to do it for us. Well, right, uh, Ralph? Is that...
1: It's it's almost going to do it for us. Uh, We've actually got one more. Paul himself from Open Mat Radio suggested that you guys definitely check out Level Ground Mixed Martial Arts. They have a crowdfunding page. And uh, if you guys get a chance, check out their Facebook page. It is a really, really cool nonprofit uh, MMA gym. Just really cool instruction. And I think they're putting together... um, I think within the new year, they're going to have some really cool projects going up. But one in particular is to help uh, fund part of the Academy and all of the great stuff that they do. And uh, the person behind that, one of which is Alexandra Fuller. So uh, we actually are going to look to have them on the podcast at some point. So Alexandra, I hope that you want to come on the show sometime. But uh, yeah, that, that'll do it. And as always, Kevin, I would say a very Merry Christmas to you. Same to you, sir. Mm, good. I
0: am going to go escape back into family time. I, my family is awesome. I, have a ton yeah, of fun I,
1: I actually legitimately feel bad that we have to keep them from it. So let's go ahead and uh, get right there. Let's close it out.
0: Merry Christmas to you, sir. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.
1: Good night and uh, good fight. (laughs) I have come back. GSP, holy
0: shit! Oh, and he took Raph's line. Scandalous end in twenty fourteen. I
1: just all I had to do was kneebar him. It was very easy, and he was very easy to submit. It was very very sad.
0: Oh, you click right back again, GSP. You're the best in the business.
1: Yeah, of course, I know. GSP, number one all time. GSP, ole ole ole. GSP, ole. GSP, ole. ole. Don't harmonize with GSP. GSP is solo act. Okay, number sorry. one. <laughs> That's a great ending.
4: That might be my favorite ending to a show we've ever had, by the way. (laughs)